You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. Your daily delivery of all things dog pound, LGB on the LOB, Lockdown Browns, brought to you by the Lockdown Podcast Network. I am your host, Jeff Lloyd, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. The show itself, at Lockdown Browns, always a follow-back account. DM's always open. Uh, we want to appreciate uh, I'm sorry, we want to pray. Uh, thank everyone, and we appreciate you all for making Lockdown Browns your first listen each and every day. Again, Lockdown Browns, available free, always on whatever platform you get your podcast. It is pregame show. Um, we're going to have to do this one a little bit differently. Some big news today, but we will still get to everything. Browns Chargers ahead of Sunday's kickoff 425 at SoFi Stadium. Pete Smith from Sports Illustrated. Obviously along for the ride, as always. Pete, and I remember this extinctly, obviously, because – you were at the Browns home opener against the Texans. And, you know, in we had bickered back and forth about the irony that Jarvis Landry got in a hurt in a game where you finally went to go see a Browns game in person. Then the injury for Baker. And at the time, I mean, you could definitely tell something was wrong with the left shoulder. And we've talked about this over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, it doesn't look like he is 100% right. Now the, you know, full disclosure has been released. And it's a tear in his left labrum. Um, and for anybody, look, nothing's changed, okay? Just because now they say Baker is injured, Baker still played and started and won against the Chicago Bears. Baker still played and won starting against the Minnesota Vikings. All of a sudden, this Case Keenum talk, this needs to stop. Um, a number one, if Baker can manage it for the rest of the season, however long that goes, it's going to be his gig. Um, you can't rest him. Um, most likely it looks like it's going to be some sort of surgical procedure to fix it, which means he will do that in the off season. He's going to go as far as he can. Um, it's going to be managing pain. It's going to be managing the harness. And part of the harness is obviously it's going to limit range of the motion on his left arm and everybody almost left his left arm. Uh, you <laughs> go full body to throw a football. Um, but Pete, I guess now the, you know, cat is out of the bag, so to speak. And now it can truly be labeled as to what is the injury to Baker Mayfield. Yeah. Um, so it's only news because we're finding out what it is. Obviously, the, the, they have unveiled their plan two weeks ago, which is play through it. Um, I don't know. It may not what... even be their plan. It's his. I'm playing. I mean, we, we've waited four years for this opportunity. We're finally this team. I ain't sitting nothing out. Well, there's certainly that aspect. I don't know what sitting him at this point really accomplishes. Um, if it if it can heal on its own, it's like a four to six week thing. So either it's getting better or getting hit is only sort of making it potentially not heal. So I don't know what that really does. All I know is preseason, there were discussions as to whether Kyle Aletta was better than Keith Keenum. So... I don't think that's the route they're 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 interested in going with. Uh, I'm not. And this team, right after the injury, was trying to potentially poach Brett Rippon off the Broncos practice squad. And I'm sorry for anybody who tried to counter that. 
the Broncos are not running anything sophisticated enough that you're trying to get inside a practice squad's quarterback to get info on the Broncos, Broncos offense. But go ahead, Pete. Well, and you'd have to keep him for three weeks at least. So, you know, the, I don't think that really was ever a factor. Um, but that as far as I, I don't think it necessarily prevents Baker from throwing in a, a, a traditional drop back. I, I do think there's going to be some limitations as far as maybe what he can do rolling out, which to me is the thing I've noticed is they seem like they're doing that less. Um, I, I don't know if it's because that twisting motion uh, is more difficult with the brace or if it's more difficult to do with the labor issue or whatever, or it could be Jedrick Wills, who knows? Uh, but the, that's the thing I'm curious to see if when we're going to start seeing that again, where they're taking that stretch play action boot at, uh, and uh, getting easy passes to the tight ends, you know, in the flats and stuff like that. Um, other than that, I think it's largely adapting to the, the, apparatus so to speak and and once they do that then i think he will be ultimately be fine enough um so it, it is not gonna change you know the situation all that much in terms of who's who's gonna play we know the answer to that now it's just a question of how do they mitigate the issue and their sort of team uh approach to this is they're not letting it be an excuse um they're not allowing um, it to be a distraction as much as they can. And they're just going to uh, go on and play the chargers. And, you know, their, their plan is to go out and play better and, and win. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, and, you know, to go back to Sunday, you know, maybe something had to do with the injury. Uh, you know, obviously a lot of it had to do with Baker just didn't play very well, but Pete, if they really thought it was this big of a deal, it probably could, you know, you would maybe work a system and maybe it'll get this way, you know, going down the road here was, you know what, take Wednesday off. You know what, let's not bother with Thursday. Um, you can do all your game planning work. It's not like you, you forgot how to throw a football. We'll go out there Friday, get in what we need to get in and get ready for the game. They're not limiting him and they haven't done that to this point. It's possible, but I mean, given their approach to this week, if they were going to do it, it would have been on Wednesday. And instead they sat, they had 11 guys out um, a couple and he was not one of them. specifically for rest and some other guys that they just sort of gave off, uh, you know, whether it was a truly necessary uh, maneuver or not. I think they, what they looked at beyond the fact that they just played a road game in Minnesota is the uh, chargers only had six days to prepare. So they basically said, Okay, well, well, you know, these guys can have six days to prepare, at least physically. So if they were going to do it, it seems like that would have been the time. But that, to me, says more than anything, in addition to the fact that Baker Mayfield is not somebody who's looking to get out of practice. I do think there's this element of trying to get accustomed to the the operation now with with the brace and making sure it's not an issue uh, so that they can play better. And I think in that respect he's probably going to take almost more reps than he normally would. Yep. And you go home and it's a, you know, probably some sort of repetition of ice heat, ice heat, whatever, um, you know, just to manage the pain, whatever, and, you know, get back out there. But, you know, the case can't talk. It needs to stop. It, it does. And the other thing is, is, you know, you're going to have to pry the football out of Baker Mayfield's cold, dead hands. 
he understands the possibilities that this team has in front of it. And, and look, even if they were one in 14 and it was week 17 weeks, you know, I'm sorry, one in 15 and it was week 18, whatever he, he's going to go. It's just, it's just how the guy is wired. Doesn't take a playoff. Doesn't take a day off. Doesn't take a practice off. He's Baker Mayfield. This is what he does. And this is what he has always done. Um, I'm looking forward to it. We're going to get here and we're going to break it down. Um, I, you know, you always love a motivated Baker. You always love a Baker, you know, Baker with a chip on his shoulder. And maybe now more than ever, I mean, a lot of naysayers this week and a lot of naysayers, you know, came out even worse because of the fact that he's now injured, which seems even ludicrous. I mean, you know, I don't get what the world is wrong with you people. Um, we all remember Miles Garrett's egregious action on the field. And the guy is absolutely beloved. Um, but, you know, for some reason, you know, we're going to give Baker Mayfield a hard time for a bad game that the Browns did not lose. And even more so now because he might be injured. So as far as that, I, I don't know where you're all going with that. But either way, we got a pregame show. We got to do, and we're going to continue to rock it out. Browns going to Chargers Sunday, 425. Pete Smith with Jeff Floyd on your latest Lockdown Browns. <clears throat> we are back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back on for another football season. As always, Bet Online is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. Bet online continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code locked on to receive that bonus from football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. Now, Pete, we are going to get to the offensive side of the ball here. Obviously, we've done Baker Mayfield to this point. We might as well just continue on this side of the ball. One glaring thing that sticks out like a sore thumb is this Los Angeles Chargers team is not very good against the running game. You come in, you have Kareem Hunt, you have Nick Chubb. Two of them have been excellent to this point this season. Chargers are close to averaging, giving up, I'm sorry, six yards per carry. So if you need to maybe protect Baker, lean on the run game, or you want to limit it while you work him through this funk, while you learn him through this adjusting of what is this current version of himself, it looks like this is a possibility to do this week. Um, again, there comes with some factors. J.C. Treader, Jedrick Wills didn't even make it out to a practice field today to participate. <laughs> Look, we know the J.C. Treader drill by now. It's been the same since 2018. Um, Jed and Chris Hubbard did some things today, didn't do some things. That's a, for me, that's a question, Pete, because I think we're to the point now, if you really thought you could sit Jedrick Wills, maybe it's time because this in and out and in and out, and you'd like to get this to where it's not going to be something that's going to drag throughout the entire season, although most likely it's going to be. Um, but you'd like to have all these cogs on the offensive line because this might be a game where, A, you want to do this because you certainly want to limit the amount of hits that Baker's going to take through the rest of the season. But, B, if you can get it done with just the run game and make it easier on everybody and then worry about next week when next week rolls along, it certainly represents, you know, it certainly presents an opportunity to do that. Yeah, so 
you know, the the Chargers are 30th in yards per carry. Um, that's actually improved after their game against yeah, the Raiders. Night. Yep. Um, so that's certainly an option. I think, you know, the Browns were not where they wanted to be in the run game the last two. Um, so this could be an opportunity for them to sort of reassert so to speak, and, and dominate on that area of the field, set up some play action. Uh, if they can do it effectively, they could potentially force uh, the Chargers to bring their safeties up, uh, who are very good run defenders. But then obviously now you, poten- you, you could create a situation where you have uh, Odell Beckham or Anthony Schwartz or somebody deep uh, down the field, one-on-one. Uh, the Chargers are a very good pass defense, so that's all the more reason to sort of lean into it. I think more than anything, the thought process is get a lead uh, and then try to play keep away. Um, If for no other reason you have this defense playing so well that if you can get a lead and you can get like a 10, you know, somehow or get a quick seven or whatever it is, take the lead early that you can now deliberately take the air out of the football a little bit, still run the ball effectively and move it but not allow them to sort of create any sort of rhythm offensively and shorten the game from that point. But, you know, to me, I think their best situation is to um, not just run the ball, but also use their tight ends um, to manipulate the formation, create some advantageous blocking angles, and then play action off that and see if they can't create some easy plays along that. I don't think that, the Chargers, you know, Derwin James is obviously a really good player, but I don't think they're really well suited to cover all the Browns tight ends. So if they if they're doing some of those things, they could create some easy completions. Obviously, the screen game is still there for them. And and I keep hoping that we're going to see, uh, you know, them just use both backs on the field uh, to create some uh, potential formation advantages and and and. Uh, manufacture touches potentially to cream hunt out wide or whatever it is. Um, but I do think at some point the Browns are going to have to make it a, a, a throw, if not a few throws down the field. And, and as they try to do against the Vikings, the difference is they've got to hit them. But if they can, it just sort of gives them the natural leverage point to double Joey Bosa, which they need to do anyway, and make sure Baker Mayfield is upright. So he feels confident, confident in the pocket and then he can get the ball out more effectively and, and create from that standpoint. But if you're running a lot of heavy formations and, and sort of helping uh, block Bosa, then it, it, you know, that that's an easy way to sort of create some play action or screens or other things. But to me, I think every play should have at least two people hitting Bosa in one way or another. Uh, and now you get to this. And we always try to highlight here. Um, look, um, Joey Bosa, Resume speaks for himself. Um, and I guess if you're going to, you know, highlight two other players, Pete, it's obviously, and, you know, I get to talk a little bit about, you know, when Florida State was good, Derwin James, um, one product of bad Florida State, Asante Samuel Jr. Um, but these are players you got to watch out for. You want to get Odell, you know, involved if Baker is physically up to it, which it looks like he is because, look, for everybody that wants to, you know, poo-poo, whatever happened in Minnesota. I don't know what the difference is between Baker Mayfield's body in the Minnesota game and Baker Ma- body, Baker Mayfield's body in the Bears game. Granted, 
the Bears game certainly wasn't perfect, but it wasn't nearly as bad as the Minnesota game. Um, Odell involved five for 77. Um, but this is a formidable secondary. Uh, Nasir Adderley as well. Uh, you know, uh, Asante Samuel Jr. You know, had a nice run to it at this point. Derwin James is, uh, I guess, maybe the, just one of these unique, versatile players that can kind of just do everything. Um, his career to this point has not gotten the you know, the pub it deserves, and a lot of that certainly is injury-related, which is just terrible to see. But, I mean, these are players, and maybe part of the reason why you want to run the ball, as you mentioned about the secondary, is because you want to avoid these guys, but you just can't just basically line up in the NFL and say, we're just going to run the ball the entire game, and we don't think there's anything you, get to ha- you, you guys can do about it. Um, but certainly, you know, some players and some talented guys within that secondary. Sure. Uh, Asante Samuel Jr. is not surprisingly pretty good. Um, they've got two talented safeties. Their slot corner has been very effective. I think it's Tavon Johnson or something like that. Tavon something. Mm-hmm. He's been pretty good in coverage. Their one weakness is their one boundary corner uh, is not playing terribly well. He's like 6'2". Uh, so they're not perfect by any stretch, uh, but they are, that is that is their strength. They're trying to play to avoid getting beat in the passing game, potentially create turnovers. Uh, it's Michael Davis is the corner that's not playing terribly well. It's Devon Campbell is the uh, slot guy. But uh, that is their strength. Their linebackers are not great. They 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 have – Drew Tranquil is their best one. He's playing decently well. But even he's still more suited to playing coverage than he is against the run. They, they're just not great in that aspect. Kazir White is sort of their run-stopping guy, and he's 218 pounds. So you have the ability to sort of dictate from that end, and, and a lot of that just becomes about staying on schedule. If you can stay on schedule, then you can open up the playbook more. If you're in you know second and five, third and two, those type of things, as opposed to being in second and 12, you know third and eight, you, you can – Give them uh, – you, you can keep the defense off balance, which I think is key for these guys because they are effective at what they do, but they're by no means perfect, and they've given up their share of points. And like I said, they're going to have to make throws at some point. They have playmakers to do it. Uh, Odell Beckham is still a terrific player. They can find ways to create with Demetric Felton. So they're not short on options for creating offense. It's merely about execution, and part of the – the difference in the Bears uh, game versus the Vikings game is Baker Mayfield is is taking a lot of blame uh, for what was largely a pretty uninspiring team performance by the offense. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's a big boy. He can take it. But that's sort of a little bit of what's happening. Uh, Wyatt Teller has not played well at all. Uh, he's in large part becoming a liability right now. So hopefully he can snap out of it and start playing better. Uh, the left tackle situation is certainly uneasy to say the least. And then when you can run the ball, you've got three guys who are, are dominating in that, that aspect. And uh, I think you can help yourself by putting yourself on schedule and making it easier for whoever's at left tackle or Wyatt Teller, or, you know, potentially these other players that are going to stay in and block. Yeah, the wire teller thing's a little confusing. I mean, maybe, you know, somebody got a little, you know, high in the hog on his own pub in the offseason. Still love you, Wyatt Teller. 
Um, but the one thing is, is, you know, when you were, when you got here and you weren't much of a player, we amped you up for thinking that you could be a player and as solid and great as you were last year, um, certainly not getting the return uh, here in 2021. You know, the deal, we call them like we see them. Um, whoever it is, we're honest about it. Uh, and we give it, we give it, you know, we'll give it if it's, if it's not there and it needs to be better. We'll speak on it. Always have, always will. We're going to flip up to it. Defensive side of the ball here. Um, talk about obviously the maturation process of the chargers, young quarterback, Austin Eckler, just an absolute pain in the butt. We're going to get all that more coming here. You are locked on Browns pregame show. Pete Smith, Sports Illustrated, joining your host, Jeff Lloyd. You guys all know the drill. Bill Bar, celebrate freedom of choice. Did you know that Bill Bar has so many delicious flavors that there is something for everyone? When you talk to a Bill Bar fan, you know they are definitely passionate about their favorite flavors. And if you don't know the Bill Bar lineup by now, well, you're certainly missing out. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. If you haven't tried all the flavors by now, best way to get acclimated and familiar with the Bill Bar flavor lineup is to get a mix box. You get two of the, each of the nine flavors, 18 bars in total. Not only are the Bill Bar flavors the best tasting, but they are healthy too. Check out the macros, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180 only four to five grams of sugar, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Order today and get the grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. tracking field team. So you want to up your speed, maybe you're going to need a Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get 15% off your order. Again, promo code LOCKEDON for 15% off at Built.com dot com defensively and here we go again pete you know you look for things and look four games is a small sample size i'm not denying that but you look for things that match strengths match what you do well this chargers offensive line look Rashawn slater it looks like he is going to be an absolute dominant player in this league for years to come but the rest of that offensive line, Pete, the one thing you were noticing is they do not pass block well. PFF grade 27 as far as a pass blocking unit. This Browns front four, they don't need to blitz to this point the last few weeks. They can get home on their own. Granted, Joe Woods will mix the blitz in there, and he certainly should. Why not? But when you notice that you have an offensive line, that is losing a lot of pass blocking matchups. They're giving up a lot of pressures and you're bringing this fabulous foursome. And, you know, if this continues, yes, I'm sure there's going to be t-shirts. I'm sure there's going to be nicknames, but that is the first thing that you notice is that this Browns defensive line should be able to have another week where they penetrate wreak havoc and just make Justin Herbert's day. Hopefully very, very difficult. Yeah, so, uh, you know, the, the Browns have sort of been predicated on shutting down the run um, and then sort of creating a bottleneck. Let the dogs loose. To then attack the quarterback. There's I don't know. I don't know if 
that's going to be their thought process. But if they can do it, um, you know, they have Rashawn Slater. It looks like a phenom. Um, Corey Lindsley is okay. Uh, and then Odey Boucher is playing surprisingly well. Um, but Matt Filer is like tremendous at run blocking and cannot pass protect to save his life. Uh, and then Storm Norton is struggling at anything related to the game of football. So, you know, that's you're in a tough spot because if, if the Browns can – if they can contain Austin Eckler – and force them into an obvious uh, being a, a largely passing to, to get their way out of things the way they did against the Vikings. Um, the chargers are really well equipped to potentially do that. Uh, but so are the, so are the Vikings. So I don't, you know, the, the, the offense that the chargers run is a lot like what the saints do because they've got, you know, a guy from that system and Joe Lombardi. So they, they can create a lot of schemed openings for the receivers and the other thing that's different about the Chargers is they've got a guy who's 6'4", 220, is their number one receiver in Mike Williams. Now, the Browns signed Lawrence Cager to their practice squad to essentially simulate being Mike Williams because he's basically 6'4", 220. So hopefully that helps them get sort of acclimated to that type of uh, size differential. Uh, Keenan Allen's obviously a, you know, a really good technical route runner who's also not small. Uh, Jared Cook is you know, a very large wide receiver at like six, five, mid two fifties. So the Browns are somewhat equipped to cover these guys, particularly Jared cook, I think um, better than most, but if they can, you know, cover long enough that they can get pressure on Justin Herbert, then I think the Browns can really start to make a difference the way they did against the Vikings where, you know, Kirk Cousins started at the game going six of six and then finished going something like 14 for 32, um, that's, you know, that's an ideal scenario for the Browns. That's going to be challenging with the wide, the, the way they run routes and, and how quickly Herbert seems to process. But um, that that's where this becomes a chess match. Uh, you know, I, I think the Browns have to mix up their coverages more against this team than some of the others just to avoid some of the things the Saints can do and getting a beat on them. But they're not hurting for talent, even with Greg Newsom out. Um, mm-hmm. the Browns have great corners to, to match up. They've got good safeties. They've got JOK who can sort of do things. If Austin Eckler's, uh, coming out of the backfield, they have multiple options. Sione Taki Taki's covering really well when he's in the game. And then your defensive line is just good. I mean, Rashawn Slater is playing fantastic football, but has he ever, you know, dealt with something like Miles Garrett or Jadevian Clowney? That's a tall order. Um, so, you know, this is one where the Browns, you know, if, if defense travels and it's that long West Coast road trip, the Browns have the potential to, to make this keep themselves in the game just by virtue of how effective they've been. But it wouldn't surprise me if the Chargers are able to sort of find ways to move the ball up and down the field a little bit more than some of the other teams they've played recently. So, you know, that's why I think, if the Browns can get a lead, they may be more inclined to play keep away and try to avoid letting these guys have possessions. And then if the defense can get them off the field quickly, uh, then they can sort of take advantage. If they can build up a lead, I think the Browns can, the Browns defense is more than equipped to sort of close it down and avoid giving up comeback. If the Browns are getting victimized early then and they get behind potentially two scores, I think they're going to have a much more difficult time, but the defense, 
continues to, you know, as it's designed, is really well uh, situated to play teams like the Chargers. They're not easy by any stretch, but I think um, just in matchup and the way that Joe Woods has these guys going, it's it's going to put a lot of pressure on him. But they've got the talent to sort of figure this thing out. And how weird does this feel, Pete? I mean, we've you've been joining me here for a long time. And, you know, obviously 2017, this team is dog pissed. There's no way around it. 2018, uh, you know, it was Baker Mayfield and basically Nick Chubb, Jarvis Landry, and not much else. Um, then you get to 19, which was ugh, whatever, 20. But it, we're talking about it now, and it's kind of like, well, if they can just do this and this, and for the first time in forever since I've been hosting the show is, well, maybe you can lean on the defense. Um, and again, again, that is not the greatest scenario or theory to have because, you know, coaching is paramount in the NFL and so many things can be schemed for success on the offensive side of the ball. But but talking about what this defense and the capabilities of it are, uh, we'll see Anthony Walker back this week. Again, no Greg Newsom. Uh, Greedy Williams, you hope for, you know, that he can, you know, basically stack boxes here, you know, and put together another good week. Um, you were able to see Denzel Ward do different things last week, use him in, in different ways. Uh, the maturation and growth process of JOK, who certainly seems to be his own harshest critic, which you love to see in a player. Um, we really haven't seen John Johnson just ring the bell yet as this, you know, top safety in the NFL that he is. Um, the evolution process, and if anybody didn't catch anything, um, Matt Waldman, a guy that you know, I know I have the utmost respect for, I know Pete has the utmost respect for, basically compared him today, style of play, type of player, to the Charles Woodson when he graduated to play the safety. This is you know, somebody Matt Walden, you know, put that kind of label on Grant Delpit. Um, should get Ronnie Harrison for a whole game, which through two games we've gotten him for week one was maybe five plays. Week four, it was maybe two plays. Um, it seems crazy to say, Pete, but you know, this is where, and again, it's earlier than anybody thought, but the talent assembled um, with this unit. And look, you know, look, it's not, no way is anybody disrespecting Justin Herbert because he can play and Austin Eckler scares the living daylights out of me because you can do everything right on a third and 13 and a simple swing dump or something to Austin Eckler could prove to be, you know, something that, you know, just ends up, you know, close enough. And the chargers are similar in the Browns where they have the stones. They'll go for it a lot on fourth down or he'll just break it and get you the first down. There's potholes for this Browns defense against this chargers offense, but just to talk about the fact that you can have so much confidence in where this defense is now, you know, behind, you know, what Joe Woods likes to do with it and the talent executing it. We've never done this before. I mean, this is literally new. We're literally breaking into new waters here, charting new seas. And this is five years now, Pete. Yeah. I mean, look, the, the biggest thing that I think, you're going to start seeing more of is and may start this week is how they, how they're going to disguise coverages. And I think they've been flirting with this. Um, they want to show too high and they do that quite a bit and then alter from there. But whether they potentially when they play three safeties on the field, you know, Grant Delpit can have the role of going back and playing the free on a particular play 
while John Johnson comes up and plays main coverage, which has the potential to not only allow John Johnson to show off his man cover skills, which are really good, but hopefully create confusion for a guy like Justin Herbert and those type of things can potentially still create still certain opportunities for them to, to create turnovers. Uh, like last week, Kirk cousins, you know, threw a ball that it looked like Troy Hill would have scored had he caught it. Um, but unfortunately they, they, he couldn't secure it, but there's going to be situations where they're going to be able to be between the defensive line pressure they create and just the amount of options they have as they get more comfortable in their coverages, um, they're going to catch guys and make them make misreads and cause what look like awful uh, turnover situations. And potentially the Browns defense may score a touchdown at some point soon. And perhaps a game like this one, it, it could make the difference between, you know, winning a game or losing a game. Uh, you know, you, you kind in some ways you look at this as sort of like a schedule loss based on the fact that's a second road game. And now you're going out to, to the West coast. Um, obviously the, the chargers only had six days, which may even things out a little bit, but um, the defense and the way it's been playing for the last couple of weeks has the potential to sort of, you know, deliver them another opportunity at least to win the game. And, and maybe unlike last week, the offense can deliver more, and, you know, they can get a big, big win against a, a very good team in the Chargers and, you know, potentially becoming back four and one uh, and then hosting a very talented Arizona team. Like this is obviously the a really difficult stretch of schedule. I think it's the most difficult stretch they have all year. So if they can come out and get a couple yeah. wins, regardless of how ugly you're going to take them all day and and move on. And that's sort of their mindset right now. My first thought is, you know, this Browns team is going to find a way to produce more than 14 points this week. Um, you know, will the number be good enough? Um, it, you start playing in the 20s, you can get maybe to the high 20s. You have a lot more confidence, you know, with the defense, the way it is playing, you know, the personnel that is there. And Joe Woods finally getting to, you know, basically dip into his, you know, playbook a little bit further and, you know, just having the diversity. Um with the talent pool that he has on the defensive side of the ball. And this is where it gets tough, Pete, because, you know, you don't get this. And then it's Arizona next week who look, I mean, they look really, really good right now. There's just no other way to describe it. And you certainly wouldn't want to have to be three and three. There's a possibility it could happen, but look, none of that matters. We can't talk three and three yet due to the fact that, you know, haven't played Sunday yet, which brings us to Pete. It's going to be about 7.30, 7.45 Eastern time Sunday night. We smashed this record button. We are talking about a Browns victory, or we are talking about a close, difficult defeat in Los Angeles. Well, pending injuries, I actually really like how the Browns match up with the Cardinals, but we'll get there. Um, I actually oh, think the Browns win this. I, I, they, I love the fact that all of this is going on right now. You love when Baker Mayfield essentially is put into a corner. I love the fact that people seem to just are not talking about this Browns defense and what they've done the last two weeks. Look, there is not a lot of times in the NFL, and I don't care what Nagy and Justin Fields, whatever happened with that situation. I don't care about Minnesota, but we're talking about a defense, Pete, that's only given up six and a half points per team in their last two times out on the field. 
Well, look, they are playing at a really, really high level. They don't look like they're, you know, laboring at all. Like it looks fun for them to just crush the spirits of the opponent. And I do think, um, I not, not only do I think the Baker Mayfield, the thing is going to be important for Baker Mayfield. I do think it is a rallying point for this team. Oh, do you think there are a lot of literally, literally the words were, I'm, I'm, I knew what you were going to say. Cause I think that's where the unison of this team is. And look, Hey, six is down. That means everybody's got to step up a tad bit more. I truly believe that this team feels that. Well, I, I think I, I think there's a combination of things beyond the fact that, you know, the teammates, I think Baker Mayfield's teammates would, would crawl over broken glass for him. But I do think there's this element of his teammates are seeing just how much of a, you know, beating he's taking in public. And some of these are guys are, are going like facing the reality that like, He's taken all this abuse. I wasn't very good on, you know, in that game. You know, he's taken all this heat. Like, I've got to play better, you know, in this game. So I do think that's going to happen. I do think the Browns are going to sort of reassert themselves in the running game. I do think they're going to be able to find some more plays in the passing game. And I think whether it's the tight ends or an Odell Beckham play, I think there's going to be a big play somewhere in there. And and that's not to say it's going to be easy. I think it may be just difficult but you know the vikings game was interesting in the fact that that that's a game that they would have lost in any number of years and you know that's a law that's a game where you know watching as a a browns browns fan watching their team struggle and then seeing teams like the ravens and the steelers just play these games and you're like why aren't they losing these type of games well the browns are in that zone right now so look it's going to be a dog fight to the very end, but I, I but I do have this weird feeling that the Browns are going to come away with a victory despite everything going on, and it's going to just be because look at the bottom, end of the day they are more talented than the other team. Um, yep. I, I the other guy I think is due is Kevin Stefanski. I, I you know I think he's due in terms of some of these fourth down play calls that have been downright bad. He's he's made his share of plays I think he'd like back. So there's just a lot of things that I, that I think are sort of trending the right way. They've got a, what appears appears to be a hall of fame kicker on the roster right now. So um, yeah, like, you know, we'll, we'll see. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns lost, but for some reason I, I think they're going to keep this thing going. The D and the defense just keeps them in it long enough where they find a way to win. I, I kind of liken this a little bit and look, you know, scenario is certainly a little bit different. To going into Pittsburgh last year for the playoff game. Uh, we don't have Joel Batonio. We don't have Kevin Stefanski. We don't have this guy. We don't have this guy. We're literally starting practice squad guys at the cornerback position. I, I, I love the fact that when this team right now seems to get backed into a corner, it, it, it seems to be uh, all right, all for one, one for all. Everybody, look, you know, there's no question that we all gave 100% week in, week out. All right, 100% ain't enough. It's 105. It's 110, and it'll start on the opening kickoff. It'll start on the first play, offense, defense. It don't matter. The tone will be set, and, you know, the expectation will be set that, you know, you need to go out today. And I always remember this phrase from, you know, locker rooms back in the day, dare to be great, dare to be better than you were the last time you played, be better than, you know, the best time that you ever played, dare to be great. And I I truly think that that's a possibility for this team. And, uh, again, 
I think they're going to find a way to pull this out. It wouldn't surprise me if the Browns find a way to have Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt, total over 200, I mean, 100 yards apiece, and they find a way to put themselves in a really comfortable position where the Chargers have no choice but to throw the ball a lot. And again, this is something that's going to aid the Browns because they can just, again, Pete is a huge Simpsons fan. I just think now watching this defensive line, Smithers release the Hounds, and that's that's the vibe I get. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'd be I'd be surprised. And I think a lot of things have to go wrong for the Browns to not win this game on Sunday. He is Pete Smith, Sports Illustrated's Browns Digest. Uh, Pete and the team over there just you know slaying it this year with coverage. Um, the written work, uh, you know, with Corey Kinnon coming in, Sam Penix, obviously guys that you know that have been on Lockdown Browns before um, with the podcast. Um, and Nicole, you're killing it, girlfriend. Love it. Um, and uh, Pete, just being a bystander, watching you do your thing. Wink, wink. I'm just kidding. Um, but it's a great show. And if you guys are not checking that out, um, for Pete's sake, uh, make sure you're checking it out. They do a fantastic job. Written work, Browns Digest on SA.com. Make sure you're following at underscore Pete Smith underscore. The show itself, at Lockdown Browns, follow back account, DMs are open. Me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd, DMs are open. You guys know the drill. Um, we appreciate everybody for making Lockdown Browns your first listen day in, day out. And the reminder that whatever the podcast platform is, Lockdown Browns will and always will be free for all of you. We appreciate you so much. Look, the growth that this network, this show, none of it would ever be here without all of you. And we certainly cannot be thankful and appreciative for all that you've done for us. And that is your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. LGB on the LOB. Let's go.